Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Versatility Podcast. And for today's episode, I'm here to recap week six that happened, all the action yesterday, and also covering the AL and NLCS happening already at the moment with two games in the AL and NLCS is already happening. But I think we left off on Thursday, which was game five between the Dodgers and the Giants. The Dodgers won that game two to one. They won the series three to two. And the Dodgers, they move on to the NLCS to play against the Braves. And they are now down 2 nothing. They lost game one by a walk-off. And they lost game two by a walk-off. So the Dodgers are now facing a 2-0 deficit in the NLCS at the moment. Losing back-to-back games by the Braves in a walk-off. Um, so many crucial errors that the Dodgers have committed in these last couple games they need to step up tomorrow for game three and if they don't win that game tomorrow they are in serious danger of losing this series I mean they're only down 0-2 and last year let's not forget the Braves were actually playing the Dodgers in the NLCS last season and they were up 3-1 but then the Dodgers came back and won the series and eventually won the World Series so look Atlanta's up 2-0 they should be happy but the job is not finished and y'all choked last year, so do not make sh- just make sure that you won't do that this year. So yeah, Atlanta, if they can keep this up, win game three, that will be very, very big for them. And then for the American League, game one, it went to Houston, uh, five to four, and then game two, it went to Boston. They hit two grand slams in two innings, one by Zant, not Zanderberg, JD Martinez and Rafael Devers. So yeah, two back-to-back uh, grand slams in innings first, and in the first and second inning, the Astros couldn't recover after that, and they lose nine to five in game two. Now game three is tonight at eight, so we'll have to wait and see who takes the two-one series lead. But now let's get into the NFL season. So we're gonna be talking, we're gonna be recapping the NFL uh, week six. At yesterday's action, and we're also going to be ma- making NBA predictions, season predictions, playoff predictions, all that good stuff. Actually, playoff predictions, I'll I'll do that on either Wednesday or Friday. I'm just going to focus on the season in general, so anything just regular season related, and then eventually I'll get to do the postseason and my uh, my like MVPs and stuff. So I'll kind of half and half it regular season. Winners, whoever, how many things, how many wins I think each team gets, and then Wednesday or Friday, and probably maybe not next week, but hopefully just either Wednesday or Friday, I'll do the rest of it. But, anyways, let's recap all the action from yesterday. So, well, let's actually recap with Thursday night football. It happened Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. Well, Tampa Bay took this W28 to 22. Tom Brady, 34 for 42, 297 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception, two rushing touchdowns by Leonard Fournette, a receiving touchdown by Antonio Brown and O.J. Howard. So they both did pretty well. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts, 12 for 26, 115 yards, one touchdown and one interception, and then two rushing touchdowns by Jalen Hurts, and then a receiving touchdown by Zach Ertz, which, well, he's, he's going to Arizona in a couple of weeks because he got traded to Arizona. Um, so yeah, Zach Hurts, he was able to score a touchdown on Thursday, but I believe Friday was the trade that was announced or actually, I think it was Thursday or Friday. One of those two games, one of two days. 
they were announced. And the Eagles, they came pretty close to try to get this game going around the second half. But the first half, the Bucks were in charge. And though in the second half, the Bucks kind of just died down a bit. And they didn't really play a lot great. So it was kind of concerning to see what the Buccaneers weren't wasn't trying to do. So I have to wait and see how the Eagles are really going to pro progress from this loss. They're now 2-4. and four. Their next game is against o uh, not Oakland, uh, Vegas against the Raiders on Sunday on the 24th. And then the Buccaneers, their next opponent, is against the Chicago Bears also, of course, on the 24th. So, yeah, Buccaneers, they take the victory. Not really anything surprising. That's that. Buccaneers get their fifth win of the season, and they're now 5-1 and one in the regular season. Next game, we got... The Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> so the Dolphins, they they lost this game. 23 to 20 in London. This is the second game of the season with uh in London. Um the NFL at a, at a country series that they do every year. Or except last year. They lost to the Jaguars. Ladies and gentlemen, and the Jaguars and Dolphins both have a one in five record. Tua Tagovailoa, thirty-three for forty-seven, three hundred and twenty-nine yards, two touchdowns, one interception, two touch, uh, two receiving touchdowns by Jalen Waddle. He had a pretty good game, and then Trevor Lawrence, he was actually kind of decent. Uh, twenty-five for forty-one, three hundred nineteen yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. A rushing touchdown for James Robinson and a receiving touchdown by Marvin Jones. The Dolphins played good in the sec in the first half. They played great, at least in the starting drive. And then afterwards, Jacksonville just kind of came back, slowing down, and kind of just went back up and started tallying up points. And eventually, they just couldn't really do anything else. And they were really just more consistent throughout in the second half. I mean, they scored in every single quarter. They scored three in the first, two in the third inning. They played second and third quarter. They had seven points each. I don't know what the hell is going on there. And then six points in the fourth quarter as well. But eventually, it was really because of two field goals made by a rookie kicker. He was able to clutch up and hit a 44-yarder to tie the game at 20. And then to win the game, I believe it was like a 52 or 53 yarder to win the game. So that kicker helped the Jaguars to get their first win in since last season. Their first win since week one of the 2020 season. They still have not won a game in U.S. territory, but they had to go out of the country to get a win. But you know what? Congratulations to the Jaguars. The Dolphins right now, at this point, you losing to the Jaguars is just completely unacceptable. I know Tua's not going to come back. I didn't expect Tua to come back and play like magnificent or anything, but we really just lost to the Jaguars, man. Under no circumstances, this game had to be very entertaining or close for the Jaguars to even compete with us or even be... Anywhere near we I don't think we shouldn't have even dominated us But it felt like that's really what it felt like even though this is a close game and a close ending I feel like the Jaguars low-key kind of dominated us in some way because really losing to the Jaguars. It's, it's just ridiculous, man But anyways 
Dolphins, next week they have to go up against the Falcons. Can they take care of business? Jesus. I mean, the Falcons, they haven't been that great this year, but I trust the Falcons a little bit more than the Dolphins right now. And the Jaguars next week are going up against the Seahawks. Or actually, no, not next week. Their next game is actually on Halloween. I believe they have a bye week next week. So the Jaguars, they're going to take some rest, and they won't play a game until Halloween. So, And that's against the Seahawks, so they'll have time to rest. But, yeah, the Jaguars, they get their first one of the season, beating the Dolphins 23-20. to Next game, we got the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Baltimore Ravens, a game I thought was going to be great watching two competitive-ass teams, two Super Bowl contending teams right now fighting for it right now, and the Chargers didn't do nothing. The Ravens just dominated them, 34-6. to Justin Herbert, 22 for 39, 195 yards, a touchdown, an interception, a receiving touchdown by Jared Cook. And the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 19 for 27, 167 yards, a touchdown, had two easy, weird interceptions, but still three rushing touchdowns, one from Devonta Freeman, one from Le'Veon Bell and Lamar Latavius Murray, and then a receiving touchdown to Mark Andrews. So the Ravens overall, defensively and offensively, played great in this game. They were very consistent. Lamar was getting down the field. It was great. And the Ravens, they they just showed that this team is serious, man. I mean, this team is a playoff contending team. This team is easily a Super Bowl contending team at the moment. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. And they're definitely, obviously, number one in the division at the moment. It's really no surprise how this team has still been consistent. And really, I don't see a lot of flaws. I mean, they're on a five-game winning streak since losing to Vegas in week one, which feels like years ago definitely has stepped up and they haven't been playing bad football at all they've been playing great so the ravens picking up a w here but the chargers what happened i have no idea the offense couldn't really do anything the defense as well it was just a really weird game for the chargers it's not really a game that they kind of have at the moment justin herbert didn't really play that great overall uh, Austin Heckler, you know, despite having a pretty great season and being one of the big contributors to the Chargers and why they have been a really good team this season so far, he didn't have a good game. So it's tough to get one of these losses out the way for the Chargers. They're still a great team. Next, they have against the Patriots, and they're going to actually take another bye week, uh, another team with a bye week this uh, week coming up. Their next game will be against the Patriots on Halloween. And then the Ravens, their next game will be against the Bengals on the 24th. That will be in Baltimore. So, look, the the Ravens have a relatively easy schedule. They have a game against the Rams and Packers and two games against the Browns yet. And maybe even the Steelers might be a little bit challenging, maybe at least for one or two games. But Bengals, Bears, Vikings, even the Dolphins – those are easy wins that the Ravens can easily get. The Ravens expect to have them at least 10, 11 wins this year, maybe even 12 to 13 if they really, you know, just just stay consistent and stay hot at the moment because they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and they've been great so far this year. Next game, we got the Minnesota Vikings versus the Carolina Panthers. This game was crazy. went back and forth. The Vikings were able to take the victory, however, 34 to 28 in overtime. 
Now, I did pick the Vikings to win this game, and they did. It was a really close game, though. Kirk Cousins, 33 for 48, 373 yards, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown for Dalvin Cook, a receiving touchdown for Adam Thielen, uh, K.J. Osborne, and for Christopher Hendren IV. And then for the Panthers, Sam Darnold, 17 for 41, 207 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and then a rushing touchdown for Chuba Hubbard, and then another receiving touchdown by Robbie Anderson. So the Panthers, they played consistently. They played great. Offensively stepped up. The Vikings, though, in the fourth quarter and the third, they played good. They played good, and they were kind of leaning down the rushing game. The offense went back and forth. The defense was kind of inconsistent and all over the place, but the offense did much of the carrying, and Kirk Cousins did have a very good game, you know, almost having 400 yards. And three touchdowns and zero picks. And he, you know, completed most of his passes around 60-70%. So he was still very consistent in this game and led this team to a victory. The Panthers started the season 3-0. and And now they're 3-3. and So, yeah, maybe the Panthers had a little bit of luck in the first three games. Even being like a team like the Saints. But against... So... It's going to take a while right now for the Panthers to adjust. I mean, they have a game against the Giants next week on the 24th. So that might be an easy win, hopefully, for the Panthers. And then they got another uh, game against the Falcons on the 31st Halloween. So, hey, maybe the Fal the Panthers can take something there. And then the Vikings, their next game will be against the Cowboys. That will be Sunday Night Football on Halloween night. So that would be... That was, that's going to be pretty fun to watch. And next game, we got the Houston Texans versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts decimating the Texans 31-3. to Not even close. The Texans just, what the hell were they doing? 29 for 43, 243 yards, zero touchdowns for Davis Mills, and then two interceptions. And then for the Colts, Carson Wentz had a decent game. 11 for 20, 223 yards, two touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns for J Jonathan Taylor, a receiving touchdown for Paris Campbell, and for Mo Ali Cox. But the Texans didn't do nothing in this game. Their defense, dreadful offense, didn't get nothing rolling. The, the Texans, one of the worst teams in the NFL. No surprise there. As you expected, after winning week one against the Jaguars, they've lost every single game, and they've been pretty much decimated the majority of the games. Last week against the Patriots, surprisingly, they did not get decimated, but once again, the Colts took care of business, took an easy win against the Texans. The Texans next week will be playing against the Arizona Car Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, shit. The Cardinals are going to be taking on the Texans Wow. Um, good luck, Houston. You're going to be playing against the team with the 6-0 record at the moment, the remaining, the still remaining undefeated team in the entire league. So good luck with that. Just just good luck with that. I I, I, fear, I fear you good. Fear, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. This, oh, man, this is, this is not going to end well for Houston. But anyways... And then the Colts next week, they have to go up against the 49ers. I believe this will be for Sunday Night Football next week. Um, so the 49ers, that, that's going to be a pretty tough game for the Colts. They're 2-4 and four at the moment. 
as the Texans, of course, being 1-5, one of the worst teams in football. But the Colts dominating, no surprise there against the Texans, who are dreadful. No surprise there. The Colts take the victory in Week 6. Next game, we got the LA Rams versus the New York Giants. And the Rams, of course, just absolutely disintegrating the Giants. Matthew Stafford... 22 for 28, 251 yards, four touchdowns, and only one interception. A rushing touchdown for Darrell Henderson, two receiving touchdowns by Cooper Cup, and Darrell Henderson, and as well for Robert Woods. John Warford had two attempts, and he already threw an interception. No surprise there. And then Daniel Jones, 29 for 51, 242 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. They only had... Elijah Penny for one rushing touchdown. The Giants, man, they didn't score until the fourth. Actually, no, that's bullshit. They scored in the four, first quarter and then proceeds to get d- disintegrated in the second quarter. The Rams in the second quarter scored 28. So they just they just pretty much build up all the anger in the second quarter before the first half even ended and came to a conclusion. They just pretty much already finished off the game right off the rip before even halftime began. But once again, the Rams being one of the best teams in the NFL, beating one of the worst teams in the NFL. No surprise there. The Rams next week have to go up against the Lions. Oh, man, another easy win for the for the Rams, hopefully, next uh, next week on the 24th. So... Again, the Rams, they should easily beat the Lions. I mean, the Lions still haven't won a game this year so far. So, yeah. And then the Giants, 1-5. They have to go up against the Panthers next week. It's a possible win for the Giants, but I think the Panthers will definitely get out of that slump and will take a victory against the Giants. But I'll talk about that on Wednesday for my predictions for Week 7. Yeah, for Week 7. Um. So, yeah, the Rams get dis- – they just get – uh, they just do their job and destroy the New York Giants and just beat the shit out of them. Rest in peace to the Giants right now. Anyways, next game, we got the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. The Packers, as you know, they are always, always glad to be facing against the Chicago Bears because we all know Aaron Rodgers, the bad man himself, always and will always be the owner of the Chicago Bears. Yes. Virginia Hallis and McCasey is not the Bears owner. It's Aaron Rodgers. She's not the owner. He is. Anyways, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, y'all know they won 24 to 14. Aaron Rodgers, 70 for 23, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers had a rushing touchdown, which again, if you guys haven't seen already, and scored a touchdown in the end zone and, you know, did his uh, remark to the fans. And he said, I still owe you. <laughs> I still owe you, you know. And he's right. He's 21-5, and five, I believe, or 22-5 and five against the Bears in his entire career. Imagine beating a team 22 times. Like, that is really, you just, man, that is, that's insane. You can beat a team 22 times in your career. That's just crazy. But anyways, and then a receiving touchdown for Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones. And then for the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, 16 for 27, 174 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. 
And then Khalil Herbert had a rushing touchdown. And then Darnell Mooney had a receiving touchdown. So the Packers, they played consistently. They played great in the second half. Aaron Rodgers, staying solid with that offense, still been playing great. After that week one loss, the Packers don't care because they've been playing great football since that loss right there. It was a whatever loss right there. It really did not matter at all. And the Bears are sitting at a 3-3 three and three record. The Bears next week go up against the Buccaneers, so that's going to be a tough game for Chicago next week. And then for the Green Bay Packers next week, they will be taking on the Washington football team on Sunday on the 24th. So then, And then they got to go up against the Cardinals on my birthday. Oh, on the 28th, on Thursday night football, Packers and Cardinals. Oh, that should be a very fun game. I'm definitely excited to watch that. And it's going to be on my birthday, so that's going to be special. But anyways, Washington, they got to beat them first, and then they can worry about Arizona in week eight. And, well, yeah, Green Bay did their thing. As you guys know, they always beat the shit out of the Bears. So that's nothing new. Packers, they took the win 24-14. Next game, we got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Detroit Lions. The Bengals, as you know, they defeat the Detroit Lions 34-11. to Joe Burrow, 19 for 29, uh, 271 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Brandon Allen had one attempt, had seven yards, and did also throw a touchdown in there. A receiving or touchdown for Chris Evans, CJ Ozwa, Auden Tate, and for Joe Mixon as well. And then for the Lions, Jared Goff, 28 for 42, 202 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. And then just a singular rushing touchdown from DeAndre Swift. So again, the Lions, they couldn't do nothing. They didn't even play at their best, unfortunately. They're still 0-6. And the Bengals are looking like a playoff contender right now. I mean, I believe now if the playoffs were to end, the Bengals will be in the playoffs. It's insane how this team has uh, shown growth and improvement this year. They've played some good games. Last week against the Packers, it was a pretty close game, but they've still been very consistent throughout. They they have been just really good this year so far, and really no complaint for this team at the moment. They've expe- they've exceeded expectations for a lot of people. So right now, the Bengals are looking good. Look, Bengals are definitely looking good right now, and it definitely looks like the Bengals are progressing. And we're going to have to wait and see for the remainder of the season how it would turn out. But right now, I think the Bengals are in a good prime. They will be in the playoffs. But we'll have to wait and see how the rest of the season turn, turns out. Next game, we got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Washington football team. The Chiefs, they t- they take a W finally, 31-13. to They're now 3-3. Three and three. On the season and Washington now two and four on the season. So Kansas City, they were able to take the W 31 to 13. Patrick Mahomes, 32 for 47, 397 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's still throwing a lot of picks, which is very concerning at the moment. Um, Daryl Williams, two rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown for Demarcus Robinson and Tyreek Hill. And for Washington, Taylor Heineke, 24 for 39, 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and then a receiving touchdown by Ricky Sales-Jones. 
basically Washington, they had a lot of turnovers that Kansas City were able to recover. And they were able to pick up those mistakes. And Kansas City were allowed to roll their offense. Mahomes played good. Um, he, he's still having an issue with the interceptions this year. He's been throwing a lot more picks than often. So that's still a concern even for Mahomes. I mean, it's crazy how I'm criticizing Mahomes for throwing his interceptions because that's really not his biggest weakness. If I had to decide a, a big weakness in his game, besides, of course, Kansas City's defense still playing like shit, but the offense were able to take care of business, at least for this one. It's it's crazy. It's ridiculous how, I, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes... He's Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and you can easily say he's probably the best now, but the way he's been playing this season right now, it's it's looking like he's... You know, I'm not going to say that because then there's no way in hell I'm really going to twist my words around and really say that the man is digressing when I don't even think he's in his prime. I think it would be so stupid and idiotic of me saying that the man is digressing based on maybe because he's not having the best season of his career or outright just playing ridiculous this season. But let's be honest, you know, these last six games haven't been the best for Mahomes. And it does look like that's what the Chiefs are kind of heading into this year. They kind of are expected to be, you know, a Super Bowl contending team. But right now they're. They look like they can barely make the playoffs and maybe even as a wild card team where they'll be lucky, you know, if they even get the first or even second seed. But that still wouldn't matter because second seed, you would still have to be in the wild card game. So it would still really I, I really don't know what Kansas City's up to. They were able to take the W against Washington. That's great. Whatever. But they're three and three. They're still last place in the division. It's only week seven. But again, we're almost halfway there. We're almost I can't believe it, but we're almost halfway to the season. So believe it or not, man, we only have one or two more weeks of October, a little less than two weeks of October. We have November and then we have like the first half of December. Because by Christmas time, you should be already this you should already know what we are. We're a playoff team, we're a team that suck and mediocre. We're gonna be that. By Christmas time, we know what teams are making the playoffs and what whatnot. Even though there's still two weeks in January, but we would know exactly what team are they going to be and what team were they in the season and the games prior to that. But they were able to take the victory. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of things going on with with Mahomes's family, though. I mean. Jesus, I, I saw on TikTok or on Instagram that Jackson Mahomes, he's he's dancing. Uh, he's doing TikToks, as you know, really firmly, of course. he's he's That's just what he does. I guess, I guess that's just his thing that he likes to do. But anyways, that's not the point. The man was on the field, and he was dancing on Sean Taylor, who if you don't know, he was a legendary running back. Uh, or not, I wouldn't say legendary you know, he could have definitely been legendary for sure, um, but unfortunately passed away. He got murdered uh, years ago. What was it, like in 2008 or something or 2007? He was a really big talent. He was drafted, I believe, in 2004, and he played four years in the NFL, and he was great for the Washington uh, Redskins at the time, and he played great defensively and just one of the best free safeties 
in a, in a short period of time, definitely was already one of the best. And they retired his jersey. They had a ceremony retiring his jersey number 21. And then, of course, Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, he eventually apologized for filming a TikTok on top of the number, basically dancing to it. Basically like what Juju did last year in the Steelers, in the, on the Steelers logo, doing a TikTok and kind of disrespecting it and shit. Basically the same thing, except it's a little bit more disrespectful because, you know, why would you do it on Sean Taylor? Do you even know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that Jackson Mahomes doesn't even know who Sean Taylor is, nor that that even number even represents something important to that. So, so yeah, and you know, look, I love Patrick Mahomes and everything, and I want him to succeed, and I want this man to, right now, this season, to kind of be his up up season, like, I want this season to get better for him, but bro, I think his family really needs to, like, step off and, like, really take a break from social media, they really are pushing the limits for how obnoxious and annoying they could be going on social media and making rants, and look, Again, that goes to the that goes to his wife, to his mom, and I get it. Your 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 family to Mahomes. You're gonna defend Mahomes. You you are part of his family. You are literally his mother. You are literally his wife. I I get it. I understand. But you doing that does not make things better. You doing that that just kind of tarnishes a little bit of of his career and kind of tarnishing a little bit of his picture and of kind of like his overall appeal to the media or whatever, even if it's not him, even if it's not him himself doing anything, just makes it feel like he has to be saturated and has to be separated in a, in a bubble because we all like Patrick Mahomes. He's talented. Oh my God. He's great. He's he, the NFL praises him. He's the next fucking, he's the next prodigy of the NFL. He's the next goat or whatever. But then the family comes here after a referee makes a bad call or they just stay this like whatever it kind of just feels like things just get dragged on to him because of his name and because of their family and everything i don't hate the jack the mahomes family or i'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything i'm just saying they just have to separate themselves and kind of just let that go because that's not helping him at all that's definitely not helping him at all and coming from a man who, a man, a, a kid, teenager, that is a fan of Mahomes. I cannot say that I'm a fan of your wife or your mom or anything. They could be hella supportive and that's appreciative. And that's great that you have a family that supports you and everything. But Mahomes, you're going to have to do your job and like tell them to like shut the fuck up sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not saying never tweet. I'm not saying never support your son. I'm the, I, re, Relax. I'm just saying... You're going to have to have a little bit of a conversation with them because they're kind of wild and they don't make you look good, which, you know, like you're already a humble person. Like you're not an egotistical fucker who thinks you deserves the world. You know, you, you, you play the game The you let the game speaks for itself. You play, you go out there on the field and you play your best. Sometimes you don't and that's fine. Everyone has their shitty games or whatever, but your family sometimes Win or lose, they kind of just have to fuck shit up and kind of do something. That's it. I kind of went on a whole ass rant. I am sorry about that, but that's just something big that happened uh, this week that I kind of had to bring up or yesterday that I had to bring up.
But no, either way, Kansas City, they take the W, 31-13. to However, next game, we got the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. The Broncos losing to the Raiders, 34-24. to And the Raiders, yes, the Raiders, they take a W, 34-24. The Raiders, Derek Carr, 18 for 27, 341 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for Kenyon Drake and for Josh Jacobs, and then a receiving touchdown by Henry Ruggs III and Kenyon Drake as well. And then for the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, 35 for 49, 334 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, and then three passing touchdowns to North Fant, Tim Patrick, and Cortland Stun. The Raiders were consistent throughout the whole game. They played decent. They played great. And they played, no, they didn't play, they played good. They played very good. Not decent. They played actually very good throughout the Raiders. You know, they've, they've, they've been doing their thing. But, of course, up and down. Of course, now losing John Gruden definitely hurt them a little bit. And this is their first game without John Gruden. So it definitely thought, it looked like it was going to be a rough day for the Raiders to go up against the Broncos. But it looks like they got it under control. They got it under control in this game. The Raiders next week, they're going up in. They're oh my god, they're going up against the Eagles. So that should be probably another easy W for the Raiders. And then for the Broncos, they have a game against the Browns this Thursday night football on the twenty first. So that's going to be a tough game for the Broncos. Will they get their fourth straight L? Losing to the Browns, it may look like it. It may look like it, but we'll have to wait and see. The Raiders, they played better. On Sunday, then the Broncos, they take the W, 34-24. Next game, we got the Arizona Cardinals versus the Cleveland Browns. The Cardinals still 6-0 on the season. Incredible. They defeat the Browns and destroy them. I mean, 37-14. I mean, this team is crazy. Kyler Murray, 20-30, 229 yards, 4 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. And DeAndre Hopkins had two receiving touchdowns. Christian Kirk had a receiving touchdown as well as A.J. Green. And then for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 19 for 28, 234 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And then two receiving touchdowns, of course, for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Had a great game. But the Browns, overall, they're not that great so far this year. They haven't been that great. They're still a playoff team. I believe they still are a dangerous threat. Their run game wasn't effective at all pretty much in this game. The Cardinals defense took care of business. The offense took care of business. Look, man, the game has been great for the Cardinals this season. 6-0 and right now. The Cardinals are looking like the best team in the NFL. Definitely top two um, there with the Bills as well. And it's just looking incredible for the Cardinals to see where they're heading at right now in the season because they've been playing great football and they're going to continue to play good football. I mean, they just acquired Zach Ertz, so they should be getting him soon. Next week, they go up against the Texans, so that should be another easy W for the Cardinals. They should remain undefeated there. And then for the Browns, they have to go up against the Broncos, so that should be a win for the Browns to finally get a win because they, I believe they've lost back-to-back games. Last week, losing to the Chargers, and then, of course, now losing to the Cardinals in Week 6. 
Next game, we got the Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots. And the Cowboys, they take this game 35-29 to in overtime. The game in the first half was okay. It wasn't anything too crazy. Third quarter was all right. But then in the fourth quarter, wow, things got crazy in the fourth quarter. Dak Prescott, 36 for 51, 445 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. CeeDee Lamb had two receiving touchdowns, and Blake Jarwin had a receiving touchdown. Trayvon Diggs, an interception in the fourth quarter, just... Oh my god, this man is a beast. This man is a fucking beast. He already has seven, seven interceptions in six games. That's tied for an NFL record. Seven INTs, seven INTs in six games. That's insane. That's incredible. What the fuck? Well, looks like he's the defensive player of the year. Um, and that's 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 what it looks like right now. That's definitely what it's looking at right now. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, hmm. Nah, it's probably it's probably actually no, it's too early. I, I, what am I talking about? But he's definitely up there right now for a contention for defensive player of the year, without a doubt. Maybe not winning it at the moment, but definitely is up there. Definitely should be in that conversation. Now I do hear you know, people hating on him saying, oh, but he is horrible at making coverages. Like literally the the play after he got the interception, he blowing a coverage and the Patriots got 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 down the field and they scored a touchdown immediately right after that play. It was back and forth and that was a blown coverage there. But he does the little things that are effective and he can just run through and just who knows, just just take that ball away from you no matter what. So even though sometimes he's not going to always cover the ball effectively all the time because he did get the interception and then get, you know, demolished the next, but still is good enough to able to run through and still get as many defensive tackles, not tackles, what am I talking about, blocks, and still somehow gets the interception, runs, runs all the coverage he needs, it just gets the interception and just, you know, makes his makes his own magic. Got a pick six. So, yeah. It was a pick six, too. So, it wasn't just the interception. He got the touchdown with it as well. But even though all that happened, it was crazy. They had to go to overtime. But then eventually the Cowboys, they won it in overtime, 35-29. to 29. The Cowboys, man, they're looking like a... <clears throat> Sorry, like, like a good team. Fuck. They're looking like a good team th- this year. Their defense is great. Their offense is great. Cowboys are a top five team in football right now. I can't believe I'm saying that. Anyway, but yeah, the Cowboys have been looking great so far this year. Um, really, really. After that defense, that defensive unit that they had last year was all over the place. This year, they've came back. And are just a way different team. Way different team. So I'm just proud of this team for, you know, stepping up. Now, obviously, I'm not the biggest Cowboys fan in the world. I definitely don't like them still. But 
come on. You know, I got to show my respect a little bit. And I do kind of like the players now. You know, I I am a big fan of Trayvon Diggs. I am a big fan of Micah Parsons. I, the, the defensive unit and, and Dak Prescott, I'm still a fan of some of the players. It's just the the fan base. It's just really the history of the Cowboys that really just makes me sick to my stomach. But obviously the players, I really don't have a problem with the players. So, you know, for, at least for that, I can enjoy the current Cowboys team coming from a damn Eagles fan. So... Yeah, I guess I'll give you guys your praise for now. But then next game, they go up against the Vikings on Sunday Night Football on Halloween. So that should be a very fun game to watch. As the New England Patriots, however, throughout the game, they were they were actually good. They had a competitive game against the Cowboys. I mean, they went back and forth offensively. Uh, Mac Jones, uh, 15 for 21, 229 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Damian Harris had one rushing touchdown. Ramonde Stevenson had also had a, a rushing touchdown. And as well, Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne had a receiving touchdown. So the Patriots still still look pretty, pretty good. But they're 2-4 and four at the moment. And their next game is, is against the Jets on Sunday. So that should be another easy win or an easy win for the Patriots coming up. And then lastly... We had Sunday Night Football last night between the Seattle Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Geno Smith starting at quarterback, replacing Russell Wilson, of course, because he's been injured and he's going to be out for the next month or two. And Geno Smith, 23 for 32, 209 yards, one touchdown. And Alice Collins had a rushing touchdown. And Will Disley had a receiving touchdown as well. Pittsburgh, however, Ben Roethlisberger, 29 for 40, 229 yards, one touchdown. Eric Ebron had a rushing touchdown, and Najee Harris had a receiving touchdown. So the Steelers, they they looked okay in this game. They definitely had a little, a lot of weird moments, a lot of weird spots. They really weren't playing good offensively. Ben Roethlisberger got in a little of a struggle a bit in the second half, first quarter i mean really nothing happened in the first quarter for either teams and then the second quarter the steelers kind of stepped up they scored those two touchdowns there and eventually they just ran through but then the seahawks they started fighting back in the second half eventually they were the ones that forced overtime tying it at 20 but then of course the steelers getting the game winning field goal in overtime winning at 23 to 20 so the steelers they're still a promising team now. They still look very consistent. But right now, they haven't been looking like the worst team in football. And right now, playoff expectations are looking decent for the Steelers. And the Steelers next week, they have to go up against... Or not next week. They have to go up against the Browns on Halloween. That will be their very next game. But, of course, the Browns will be playing next week. So, yeah. Steelers will definitely have to wait. And then the Seahawks, now 2-4. and four, Their next game is next Monday for Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, the Saints, they didn't play this week, by week. So, yeah, that's it for today's. We're not done with today's episode. I don't know what I was talking about. Anyways, that was that. Monday Night Football starting in an hour from now. Bills versus Titans. I got the Bills winning this one. So let's just recap again real quick who won in week six. So the Buccaneers, they defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. 
The Jaguars, they defeat the Dolphins. The Vikings, they beat the Panthers. The Ravens, they beat the Chargers. The Rams, they beat the Giants. The Colts beat the Texans. The Chiefs beat the Washington football team. And the Packers beat the Bears. The Bengals beat the Lions. The Cardinals beat the Browns. The Raiders beat the Broncos. The Cowboys beat the Patriots. And the Steelers beat the Seahawks. And of course, Monday Night Football starting in an hour from now, at least 8.15 p.m. Bills, Titans. We'll see who wins this one. But I got Buffalo. And then next week, week seven, on Wednesday, I'll be making my week seven predictions. So that is it for the NFL. Now let's get into the NBA season. Oh, man. The NBA season begins tomorrow with two games between the Brooklyn Nets versus the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. And then for the Western Conference game, we got the Washington, Washington, oh my God, Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors versus the LA Lakers at uh, 10 p.m. Now the Nets and the Bucks, they will be facing off for the first time since game seven of the of la of this year in the Eastern Conference semifinals where the Bucks won of course in seven games that was the game where KD was just barely an inch short of game of hitting a game winning three to have potentially the Nets playing against the Hawks in the third round or at least in the conference finals instead of the Bucks but of course the Bucks took advantage Giannis just being Giannis just you know being probably one of the best players in the NFL for sure, in the NFL and the NBA at the moment. And well, now it's going to look different because apparently the man now has a jump shot. So you just think Giannis is not going to get better. He's just going to stay where he was. Man's getting better though. He's he has a jump shot and it's actually looking okay. Giannis has a jump shot and Ben Simmons still and Ben Simmons still doesn't. It's it's incredible, right? The work, the work ethic that Giannis has is incredible. Just incredible, man. This man is, again, this year going to be unstoppable. I got to go up against, I got to say the Bucks are probably going to win opening night against the Nets. The Nets are still going to be filthy. Now, they don't have Kyrie Irving, at least now, because of the whole situation with him not wanting to play or not wanting to get the vaccine, so he can't play. My bad, so... That whole situation and that phenomenon is going on right now. So it's going to be stuck with Harden, KD, and other players to contribute for the team. But it'll still be a fun game either way. So I still got the Bucks winning game one of the season. Game one of 82 because this season will go back to 82 games. Um, previous year, last season it was 72, but it will resume to 82 games this year. And then for the Warriors and Lakers... I'm probably going to go with the Lakers now. The Lakers, I haven't really seen a lot of preseason basketball, but I look, I've look. i been looking at looking at some of the Lakers' highlights. And, well, let me just say there really wasn't a lot of highlights because the Lakers actually went 0-6 in the preseason. They lost to the Warriors and to the Suns twice, and they lost to the Nets and the Kings. So, yes, it is preseason. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. But their chemistry, man, they they it doesn't look good right now. 
Like, it, the season hasn't started yet, and I'm not going to already talk about the flaws of the Lakers because they're obviously not a perfect team, but already off the rip, their chemistry right now is not looking good. Russell Westbrook, just, okay, the game against the Kings. Let me just look at his stats. He had 18 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 29 minutes, but I know he caused a lot of turnovers and missed a bunch of shots. Yeah, I look, man, we need to, like, I need to really have a lot of faith in Russell Westbrook this year, but it's going to be a little, it's going to be challenging for this team to really keep up. To be one of the best teams in the NBA this year, this team really has to stay consistent and follow through. But right now, the Lakers, still very talented team, definitely a top three seed in the West. Number one is very suitable, and it could definitely fit. But I still probably have, I could still take, you know, Phoenix. Or I can take maybe, I wouldn't say the Clippers. Because the Clippers, of course, now without um, without Kawhi, at least for half of the year, it looks like it, that won't really be the case. Uh, Golden State could be number one. But I, I, I don't think Golden State will be number one. I mean, we can also say the Jazz. I mean, they ended the season... You know, at, they won the Western Conference. They had the best record in the Western Conference last year. So things could work out well for them there. But it's still kind of going to be difficult. So, yeah. Um, it's it's looking it's looking like it's going to be a pretty interesting season. Though I am very excited. So Wednesday, we got the Pacers and Hornets. Bulls versus the Pistons. Knicks versus the Celtics. Sixers and Pelicans, Rockets and Timberwolves, Wizards and Raptors, Magic and Spurs, Cavaliers, Grizzlies, Thunder, Jazz, Kings, Blazers, and then Nuggets, Suns. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun games coming up. Let me see the Heat schedule real quick. So, on the 21st, our first game is against the Bucks. Well, there we go. We go up against the Bucks on the 21st, and the Pacers, and the Magic, and then we play the Nets on the 27th, and on the 29th. They play against the Hornets. I'm actually planning to go on that game. Hopefully, I th I think I will be attending that game. Hopefully, um, for for my birthday. So we'll have to wait and see. But anyways, next game they go up against the Grizzlies, Mavericks, Celtics. Okay, what about the Lakers? When they play the Lakers? Oh, November 10th, they play against the Lakers. Um, I do I don't think they have a Christmas game which is ridiculous but you know what they had on last year it is what it is let me go down and see the christmas uh schedule i don't really know this I, I don't know why i'm already thinking of christmas but just interesting i i didn't i didn't see the christmas games at all for this for this year okay so we got the hawks versus the knicks of course trey young back to his hometown of new york and then we got the Celtics versus the Bucks, and then we got the Warriors versus the Suns in Phoenix, the Nets versus the Lakers in LA, and then the Mavericks versus the Jazz in Utah. There's always a Christmas game in LA every single year, no matter what, and at the MSG. No surprise there. So yeah, Warriors, Suns, Nets, Lakers. I'm definitely going to be watching all these games, of course, on Christmas Day. But I think there's also football. I think there's also football 
on Christmas because last year, remember, it was like the Vikings and the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. I believe there is football on Christmas. Of course, there will be on Thanksgiving, but I believe for Christmas there will be a game. Let me just let me just look it up real quick. Let me just do my research real quick. Yes, there will actually be two games on Christmas. It'll be the Browns versus the Packers. Oh, that should be a fun game. And then the Colts versus the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, that should be a pretty fun two games for Christmas. So, yeah, that is it for today's episode. Now, I didn't. Jesus Christ. I did not make my regular season predictions um, today. So, I will be doing that on Wednesday. It's okay because tomorrow there's two games tomorrow. So it doesn't matter if I do it Wednesday. It's fine. You know, no biggie. So Wednesday, I'll do my NBA season, regular season, and probably postseason as well. So fuck it. You know what? Maybe I'll just do both in one episode, half and half, and then also reek and also make my week seven predictions on Wednesday. And that's that. Thank you guys for watching or listening to this episode. I will be making more TikToks soon. Now, I am still learning. I have not posted any TikToks yet because I'm still learning how to make sounds and shit. And I want to make it my own thing. And Trust me, TikTok, kind of making a TikTok like that is kind of hard. Like some, like I could, there's certain TikToks I can already do or whatever. But there's definitely some TikToks that I do want to already, you know, make or whatever. But I definitely should work on making like the easy stuff and then I can start working on the real stuff. There's also an episode that I was going to do on Saturday last weekend. Um, it was supposed to be a top 50 songs from a specific artist. That will be coming out Friday. So be ready for that episode. Um, I had to make the list and kind of did my changes, but the list is ready. I have it. I've had it ready since Saturday night. Or actually, no, Sunday morning. So the list is fine. I'll just do it, work on it on Friday. And we can primarily focus on that. And maybe I'll do a video on it. If not, I'll do something else related to that. But anyways, that is it for today's episode. See you guys in a bit. Take care and peace out, my friends. (laughs) Before we end the episode, I just remembered I did not get to talk about my thoughts on the new Young Thug album punk so yeah before we end the episode let me just quickly briefly talk about the young thug album titled punk so i did hear the album and for the most part i'll be honest with y'all i did kind of have a little bit of high expectations on this album because i you know the the style of 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 music that he was going to you know kind of bring into the sound was going to remind me a little bit of thugger or beautiful thugger girls and kind of different and a lot of guitar instrumentals and stuff and for the most part it was a solid album but for me those guitar songs and like those songs by himself they're just not one of my favorites i don't think the album is bad i don't think Thug sounds bad on the songs, and I know that I think there's songs out here that I think is just straight up garbage. Maybe, maybe, actually, no. There's actually a couple. There's, there's, there's a, there's a couple. But personally, I just fuck with the songs with the features. Like I do like Stress with J Cole. I do like Rich Nigga Shit with Juice World. I like the one with Post Malone ASAP. Definitely Bubbly with Drake and Travis Scott both went off crazy. Travis Scott probably had the best feature on the album. 
I like the one with the uh, Mac Miller day before. Even love you more with the leader, uh, the the singer from Fun, Nate Roos, and then Gunna. The songs with the other songs with Gunna, I wasn't a big fan of. Yeah, 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 Contagious. Not it was okay. Die Slow was actually cool. It was a it was a nice intro. Stupid slash acting was was okay. Recognize real? Nah, I wasn't fucking with that one. Peeking out the window with Future was alright. Insecure My Risk, no. Scoliosis, no. Road Rage, no. Faces was okay. Dropping Jewels is okay. Hate the Game is cool. Fifth Day Dead, I do not like it. I see how with Doja Cat, like, I expected a lot better from Doja Cat on that. On, on that. Like, it was, I don't know, it was very unnecessary auto-tune. Like, it was just way too much, like... Like that's just like like the trolling type of auto tune. That's like the, the that's like the amount of auto tune you use if you just you're just fucking around and having way too much fun in the studio. Like I don't know. That's like I feel like if drugs was making a song, that's how much auto tune they would use. You know, if you were on that codeine or if you were on some crazy future shit, and you just absolutely just went in the booth and just put all the auto tune that you can adjust to your voice. That's what basically what the song was adjusted to, at least to both. Especially Doja Cat, like, and her auto-tune sounds nice. I like her with, you know, the, the structure and, like, Payday, which is another song with, like, heavy auto-tune and stuff. It sounded good, but the one with, on this one, on Icy High, didn't really sound that good. So, look, overall, not my favorite album of the year. Not my favorite Thug album. I do rather, you know, other albums like Barter 6. I do much, uh, so much fun. Jeffrey, beautiful thugger girls, I think is better. But I don't think this uh, this that album cover actually growing on me. It's actually a really good album cover. Definitely one of the best of the year. Punk, I like the title of the album. The aesthetic is cool, and I respect it. And also his lyrics and his storytelling is a different here. This is a lot more of a personal young thug that we don't really get to hear on albums like So Much Fun and Barter Six. You know, like the traps the trap cult songs and the albums and the mixtapes that he's dropped. This is something different. And he focuses a lot on, on his life on the album. And I do appreciate that. But certainly there are songs here that I would just not go back to and just kind of feel flat or empty handed. But honestly, Young Thug is still a great artist. I still respect it a lot. And for sure, this album is what, like a seven or like like a six out of ten around there, and a six or seven out of ten for me is not a bad thing at all. I still can listen to a seven or six out of ten album. It it could be on my rotation for a month still. Like it doesn't have to be a ten or a nine or an eight for it to be in like on my rotation for a while. I still have this on repeat, but it's just not the whole album all the way through. And also shout out to Let Somebody Go, which is the new song with Coldplay and Selena Gomez. Y'all know that Selena Gomez is the queen and y'all know I stand the fuck out of her and she just is great and she sounds amazing and also that song is gorgeous and fucking good. I also got to listen to the rest of the album though, the music of the spheres, of the spheres, excuse me, by Coldplay. So I got to listen to the remainder of the album, but yeah. That is it for today's episode. I'll see you guys in a bit. Take care and peace out, my friends.